0: Thanks for joining us. We are recording this in October of 2021. And welcome to episode 57, Learning About Counting Collections. Great topic. We want to give a shout out to our
1: friend Chris, who lives in California. She's on Twitter at Base10Math, and we inspired her with last week's episode about the equal sign to make a bulletin board in her school that was being unused. And she wrote seven equals seven and asked people if it was true or not true. And to defend their answer, she put a little thing of post-it notes and a pen. Nobody had bitten the first day. So we were still kind of waiting to see what happened. But the best news out of all of that is that
0: Marilyn Burns liked the tweet. Oh, my God. So amazing. So cool. So cool. I mean, the queen of math. What? (laughs) Right? That she saw it. She saw it. She liked it. So awesome. Amazing. And I want to reflect also on that Equal Sign episode. I was doing one of those puzzles from Mashup Math Mm -hmm. and like the spooky Halloween ones, you know, the kids were really excited about. And one of the puzzles – Had a variable like a, you know, an unknown image and it equaled an equation, something else with some unknowns. But one of the kids said, no, you can't do that. You can't have just one number equal something else. So it was like something plus something equals something or something equals, like it was a symbol, right? Something equals something minus three or something like that. And, and he said, you can't, you can't do that. You can't have that like that. You can't write it like that. That doesn't make any sense. I said, really, (laughs) really, you don't think it does. Hmm. so if I write and I wrote something I wrote an equation like 10 equals seven plus three I said so I can't write it like that and then he's like whoa, no <laughs> yeah. you know he was unsure now now that he saw where I was going with it but it was a great conversation so again just that importance of having that conversation with the students even in fifth grade right even in in middle school that the equal sign isn't a operation. And I did tell them that. I said, it's not an operation. You're not doing anything with the equal sign. It's not like addition and subtraction and multiplication and division. It's just a relationship. It just shows how the one side is the same value as the other. That's awesome.
1: I have some good news from this week. Today was hashtag math shirt Thursday and I wore my, you are a math person shirt with the arrays on the back. And I actually stopped several people on campus. And I mean, the adults and I forced them to read my shirt. And a lot of them were like, you are a math person. I was like, no, 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 Read it again. Look where the emphasis is because the emphasis is on the word are right. They're in italics." And then I said, okay, I'm going to turn around and I'm going to ask you two questions. How many dots do you see and how do you see them? And I turned around and, you know, they were stopping and thinking. And at one point I said, you can use your finger on my back. It's okay. The amount of varying ways that I heard from the adults was awesome. Yeah. Sometimes there was a little group of adults around. and other people were making comments about other people's thinking. So it, it was just such an interesting way to listen to adults figure out math. Yes. So good. And I told some of the kids that I would wear the shirt again at another time because they wanted to participate in it, but we didn't have that kind of time.
0: Yeah, I saw your your tweet about it. And I, obviously now I have to get that shirt because it's just so good. So it, good.
1: It's another great one. Listeners, we want to tell you, we have our third guest on our podcast today. Super excited. She was a former work wife of mine. We actually sat desk to desk for a whole year. And it's our good friend, Debbie Perry. Debbie, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me.
0: Yay! We are
1: so so
2: happy to have you on here. First, tell our listeners uh, anything you want them to know about you. Well, I am an elementary school math teacher. I have been teaching for 30 years. I hit 30 years this summer. Woohoo! And I am very passionate about teaching young children how to enjoy math and understand math and become problem solvers. I have had the opportunity to be president of my local math council, vice president of my state math council. I am married to a physics teacher. I have two wonderful children who are unfortunately moving out on me. My recent high school graduate has ventured off to New York City to see what she can do. And uh, my son is moving to Atlanta to see what he can do in film, so... Lots of big things happening in our household right now.
1: Wow. That is awesome. Well, since we got to actually work in the same school for three years together, I know how passionate you are about teaching math. And we wanted to have you on because we wanted you to share something that you absolutely love to do with kids. One thing I know you love to do with kids are counting collections. And we were hoping you could tell us All your experiences using Counting Collections with kids and modeling it for other teachers.
2: I love using Counting Collections because it gives the kids an opportunity to explore, count, and find different ways to group. As they continue to learn, they will try different ways to group it. Um, When you first start out, you may be modeling one way, but um, as they get better at it, they'll work through it. Can you tell us how Accounting Collection works? Yes. So with Accounting Collection, you will have a collection. And depending on the age level, how many you may put in there, it really can be anything. Um, You can go out and collect shells. You can collect different things in nature. You can just use manipulatives. You can put them in bowls and just put them around the room. You can put them in containers. With the way I did it with my kindergartners was I had a small little Tupperware and I found those plastic fruit counters that (laughs) you can use. And there were probably eight to 16 in each of my collections, somewhere around 10, because I did it mainly at the beginning of the year with these smaller ones. And then they would empty them out and they would find a way to count them and they would draw and record them. With my students who were in first, second, and third, I ended up getting a whole bunch of those tennis uh, plastic containers and I... The tennis ball ones? Yes. And I would put um, two color counters, cubes, blocks... Uh, tiny centimeter cubes, bottle caps. And that way I could have a variety. That way, if I knew kids needed a smaller amount, I could give them bigger objects. And if I knew kids needed a challenge, I gave them the centimeter cubes. So the teacher and I would kind of find a starting point for each pair of kids. They would get their collection. We would talk about strategies on how you could count them. And then um, they would have cups, they would have 10 frames, different tools around the room that they could use as resources. And then for the most part, they would empty it out and and put 10 in a cup and then have all the cups in front of them and then count by 10. And they'd have a recording sheet in front of them and they would then have to draw the cups. Some of them would draw 10 objects in each circle. Some of them would just write the word 10, but then they had to record how many they had in their collection and be able to explain to us how they figured it out.
0: What grade was this?
2: The grades that I described were mostly first and second grade. Okay. I just love
0: that that's – it's just setting them up for multiplication. I, I just love that that's – they're getting that foundation, especially as a fifth grade teacher. Wow. That's so powerful. And have you done counting collections in the upper grades too? Have you seen it done?
2: I have not. Okay. But as you said, multiplication, I've worked a lot with third grade this year introducing multiplication. Yeah. And now I'm thinking, ooh, that would be a great activity. And then you know how the older grades are working a lot with multiples of 10. Yes. So that would be a great introduction for them. As you were speaking,
1: I wrote down... Four different things. And one, my first question was, do you allow them to use any tools, which you kind of answered with their, you know, that they could use a 10 frame or any other tool around. And my second thought was, this is such a differentiated activity. Because when you were saying, when you had larger objects within the tennis ball canister or smaller objects in the tennis ball canister, how easy that is to differentiate for your class. When you said you have the kids talk about strategies, can you tell us more about that? Yes. So what I
2: meant by that was the students. You get everybody on the carpet before you start? Yes. Pre-pandemic, I did. Right. So yes, we gather on the carpet. I would pull out a counting collection and I would model for them how one way you could do it by taking it out and putting 10 in a cup in the beginning stages You or at least I would model for them by putting 10 in a cup and then 10 more in a cup and then putting the leftovers on the table. And then we would count, say, 10, 20, 30, 31, 32, 33, and then show them how to record it. As they get more comfortable with counting collections, they may choose to count by fives or twos, or some of the early finishers, I would ask them to go back, can you now try counting it a different way?
1: I love that.
2: As the students get more used to using counting collections, you can allow them to choose their own collection and choose their own way of counting and whatever tool they want to use. Okay. What about this recording sheet? Is it pre-done or do they just take a blank piece of paper? You could use either one, either one will work. What I used was a counting sheet, but it was online. I'll I'll find it. But online, and I believe I learned about it from FCTM, she has a recording sheet. And at the top was where we wrote our collection, the name of our collection. And then there was a big box for them to draw it in. And then underneath a place to record how many was in the collection.
1: Another thought that came to my mind as you were saying all of this was about estimating because the three of us know how important estimating is before kids even try to calculate anything or count anything. Is
2: estimation usually a part of this at all? Yes. Thank you for that reminder. So before we even open it up to start counting, that's exactly what we did. We would take a look at it inside the container. And you know, the kids are all trying to count it through the container, (laughs) but I would not let them open it. And up at the top there is of that recording sheet, there is a place to record your estimate And then you have to have the discussion why the number at the top, your estimate, is different from the number at the bottom, which is your actual counts. I got it. Karina, do you have questions or thoughts that came to your mind?
0: I mean, I love the idea of putting sorting them into the tennis canisters. I think that that's really clever because then you can see them and, you know, put them in a closet, but you can see through that plastic container. I love that. I absolutely love that. What I, so I have a student that from episode 55, when I did the math running record with her, I found that she was counting by twos, but still counting by ones by twos. Does that make sense? I totally get it. Yes. She was still going up by ones. And one thing that we had talked about was doing a counting collection with her to help her see. Now I haven't, I'm not familiar with counting collections. It's not something that I've, I've done. I've done counting around the circle. I've done, you know, counting in, in different ways, but not as a collection. How do you help them make that jump from, instead of counting them one by one, let's count them in twos?
2: I think with the counting collections, using it, it to help them make the jump. They are counting by ones to put them each in the cup. Yeah. But then they're counting by 10, so that's helping. And then they're counting by ones to put 5 in the cup and then they'll practice counting by 5. With the students who would try it even further like counting by twos, they would group it in pairs. It is still something they have to learn, right. but I think having those physical pieces right in front of them
0: yeah. and being able
2: to count by twos that way was helpful for them and then guiding them through it as well. We also have a hundreds chart there that they could color in order they could learn that it was two, four, yes. six with the pieces in front of them as well.
0: I like that. I had thought of that as well, of having that hundreds chart. And then I just had another thought, if, they're, if the cups are like I'm guessing I am kind of picturing it on a table, right? And as their count, maybe to write down that number on the with an expo marker, the the number that they counted, so that you know what I'm saying? So that they have Mm -hmm. like two, four, this so she could still count in singles, but then maybe see the the like the running total you mean? Yes, the running total. Like two, four, six, eight, ten. Yeah. Because how do I get her to stop counting by ones, you Mm -hmm. know?
2: And on the recording sheet, a lot of them did that. With the little ones, I didn't always offer them the Expo marker on the table, but they would do that on their recording sheet so that if they needed to, they would have the running total. Is the goal to have
1: everyone learn the same kind of count in, in the same lesson of counting collections? That could be a goal. Because I'm thinking at the end, when you have them all come together and consolidate the learning or talk to each other about the strategies that they used. Let's say that today's goal was learning to count by 10s, but you know some of them were only counting to 10 or counting to 20 or counting to 30.
2: You could make that your goal. A lot of the pieces that go with it is one-to-one correspondence, cardinality, um, estimating, place value, skip counting, flexible counting strategies, It would really depend what your goal for the day is. Is your goal just trying to make sure that they understand how to count by 10? Is your goal trying to uh, encourage them to count by by twos? Is it place value as they're writing? So you are accomplishing a lot of different concepts throughout the lesson, but you would pick one of those to be your goal for the day.
1: I love how versatile the counting collections routine is.
2: And the ones that I just listed are just the goals for the little ones. Right. I mean, there's so much more you could do with the older ones. With the older students, you could look at multiplicative thinking, division, flexible counting strategies, fractions and decimals, and factors and multiples. That's awesome.
0: I went on on Google and just did a quick search and of counting collections and I found this great image and it took me to a website that is called Meaningful Math Moments and on there there's a it's a blog and there's different resources there's different recording sheets even but the one picture that I saw that I really liked especially for you know 5th grade uh, the upper elementary were these little plastic baby bottles and when they were counting, they separated them into color group. I I can see that from the counting collection sheet that they had 35 in total of these baby bottles. So each group was however many baby bottles they had of that one color over the total of the 35. I love that they turned this into fractions. Now I'm starting to see how I could I could easy easily bring that into, you know, our curriculum because let me tell you fifth graders need to learn how to count by by fractional pieces. That is something that is so necessary so that they don't they don't add numerator and numerator and denominator and denominator without having equal sized pieces.
1: And listeners, you know everything will go into the show notes.
2: So the counting collections recording sheet that I have been using is from Math for Love. Ah, and there are- are a few of them there that you can choose from. Well, we'll definitely link
1: that into the show notes, too, because that's another one of my favorite sites.
2: (laughs) And one of them just has uh, the title, We Are Counting, and then you put your math sketch. And I think down at the bottom, I wrote actual count with a box for them to put it in. And then another version has an estimation by tens at the top, where they can circle their estimation. And I think on all of them, what I used was the estimating at the top, the sketch in the middle, and then a place to record the actual count at the bottom. And then one of the choices even has a box to record your actual count in tens and ones.
1: So using that place value that we're always trying to strive to get kids to understand.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Do you do counts as a whole group? When I'm doing the counting collections, I've done the initial introduction as a whole group, but then I've always put them. I try to always do pairs might have to be three sometimes, but I always try to do pairs so that both people have an active role in the counting and it gives them an opportunity to talk about the counting when they have somebody with them. Do you ever have groups talk to another group or the pairs talk to another pair about their count and how they figured it out? Yes. We have a little field trip that you can go and learn about what somebody else has counted or if you get stuck, you can go over and see how they're doing it. I love all of this.
0: Yeah. So they'll all have the same number of objects when you do it like that. No. Oh, okay.
2: They don't but they may learn a strategy or get a hint on a way to solve their own by listening to another team. Gotcha. So it's
0: very open ended, right? It's very much the it's student directed, student led. They're the ones who decide how many to put in the cup. Do you give
2: them cups? I give them cups. So a certain number of cups, and I put out 10 frames. Right. And at the initial stages, I only put out cups and I only put out 10 frames and I kind of guide them to count by 10. And I give them the canister already with a certain number, like I'll, they right. don't get to choose which one they're going to pick. The teacher yeah. and I have decided. But as they get more comfortable with counting collections, you can let it be more even more open-ended with letting them pick which collection they want to count today. What are you going to go get? Are you going to go get cups? Are you going to go get uh, 10 frames and what tools do you need? Go collect those so you can get more and more flexible as they get better at the routine. I have to ask you when you have the
1: centimeter cubes, do you actually know how many are in there? I, yes,
2: I have, well, I mean, one or two could get lost right. every time it opens it. But yes, in general, I know I have a list of, okay, a canister number one that has bottle caps. You know, I have this, right? <laughs> canister number one has bottle caps in it and there are 63 bottle caps. <laughs> canister number two has 188 centimeter cubes. So yes, I have a whole list. And then that way, when the class would come into my lab, the teacher and I would quickly look and say, okay, these two are going to work with the number 63 today. These two are going to work with the number 188 today. These two are going to work with 23 objects.
0: Wow. I just love that so much. I'm thinking like, again, division with with remainders. I mean, oh, what a great way, right? To to talk, to show, to visualize what, what all of this means. I just love this. I think... After
1: we do all these counting collections with our students, we should always be the winners at baby showers or, you know, (laughs) different social parties when they have a collection of something in a jar and you're supposed to estimate it, right? (laughs) We should be like number one winners for that.
0: (laughs) Absolutely.
1: Debbie, we can't thank you enough for coming on to our podcast and sharing all of this information about counting collections. You've definitely inspired me to get this going in my school because it's something that I I haven't pursued with them yet because last year I, I did talk about coral counting and count around the circle, but I definitely want to bring in counting collections this year.
0: Yes, to be honest, it's not something that I've tried either in my class. I've always kind of considered counting collections to be primary, not really for intermediate elementary. Uh, Although I've seen the benefit of counting around the circle for fifth graders, I haven't yet done a counting collection. So thank you for inspiring me. Now I'm ready. I'm ready to like try it out. Now I have to figure out how to do it, how to bring it into decimals. I have now an idea for fractions, but now I got to figure out how to bring it in with decimals.
2: Well, I love the way the two of you kept relating it to the upper grades and talking about the multiplication and the division and how we can use it with our fourth and fifth graders as well. So I hope everybody will give that a try.
1: I think even middle school teachers should try this. Definitely. Because they do proportional reasoning all the time. Yes. Right? All right, listeners, our challenge for you this week is to do a counting collection and let us know how it goes. Karina, I'm wondering if you're going to find tennis ball canisters quickly, because <laughs> I know you're a jumper.
0: You're going to jump right into this. <laughs> I actually have some in my closet. <laughs> you know what, Debbie? I I need to see a picture of your counting collection. It's like, I want to see. It must be beautiful. It is. <laughs>
2: <laughs> They're displayed on my shelf.
0: But and still, I I need a picture. I need to see it.
2: I will send a pic. I'll tweet a picture so everyone can Yay. see it. And um, I wanted to say you don't have to have a Tupperware or a tennis ball container uh, or right. canister. I like it that way because that way I can close them, put them on my shelf, and I don't take them apart. They stay there for I can just grab them when I need an activity in a hurry. I can grab those containers. But really, you could have them in open bowls out on your shelf so that your kids can just go get them and work on them when they're finished with their work or or for their assignments. I'm also thinking maybe a Ziploc bag. That yeah, that's what too. I was thinking too. And when we Googled those collections, you saw all of the different ways they were displaying the collections as well. So there's such a wide variety of ways you can do it.
1: Debbie, thank you so much for coming on here and teaching us all about
2: counting collections. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure being a part of your podcast. I've always enjoyed listening to all of the great things that you share. So thank you for letting me be a part of your journey.
0: Aw, thank you for being here. And thank you for joining us.
2: We'd love for you to subscribe
1: to our podcast and give us a five-star review on your favorite podcasting platform. We invite you to join the conversation on Twitter by using the hashtag learningthroughmath.
0: We'd love to hear your feedback. Make sure to tag us at Laura and Karina. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. To you too.